Hi, everybody. I'm Sunny, and this is We Gotta Talk, a live weekly digital talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. Real talk, big topics. Now, let's dig in. All right, guys, welcome to We Gotta Talk. This is the official intro. Um, My name is Sunny, and I'm so, so glad you're here for this episode of our Healthy Skin series. If you've been here for a couple months now, you know I started this mini-series all about taking care of ourselves and our skin, and we talk with brand founders, doctors, medical experts, people in the field of general skin care and wellness to tell us how to take better care of ourselves, which is so, so needed. And this week's guest, it's such an honor to have her on. She's a double board certified dermatologist based in Seattle with over two decades of experience. She studied at Stanford, the University of Washington School of Medicine, and Columbia University Medical Center, and she is the founder of Modern Dermatology. She lectures nationally on all sorts of topics related to skincare, and she's also the founder of her own eponymous skincare line, Dr. Rogers Restore. Dr. Heather Rogers, thank you so much for being here today. Happy to be here. Hope that this is helpful for people. Yeah, this is wonderful. So we are chatting a little bit beforehand and um, reading a little bit about in that email, how you're specializing right now in helping us treat our skin well, restoring our skin barrier, treating it gently, not overdoing it with treatment products really spoke to me because I'm in a period of my life in my forties now where I'm starting to understand that some of the harsher treatments that I relied on before, whether it be a chemical peel or even daily acid use is just doing me no justice anymore. And so, I mean, you know, even the your line is called restore. So I know you really are all about restoring and respecting the skincare barrier. So let's start there and, and tell us, what makes the skincare barrier so important, what it is, and like what we're doing wrong with it? Okay. Great question. Um, So our skin developed, evolved in a situation where there were no treatments. There was no washing your face. And um, sort of at the turn of the century is really when soap happened, right? Like we didn't even have soap until then. And if you look at old interviews of Albert Einstein when actually shaving cream came on. He's like, why would you need two soaps? Like, this is insane. Fast forward, you know, 75 years and we have 7,000 products that we're using on our skin (laughs) and we have the sense of FOMO. We have this desire to treat ourselves well and buying nice things makes our skin feel good. But what we're asking our skin to do is process a whole bunch of crap all day, every day. And some people have really thick, oily skin and very little gets through. So they can kind of pile on whatever they want. As we age, and some of us are born this way, our skin gets thinner, it gets less oily. And then all of that stuff you're putting on your skin is actually getting into it and making it angry. And when you change the pH of your skin, when you inflame your skin, it actually messes up the whole biome and exactly what you're trying to do. So I sort of joke it's me against the beauty industry, but I really try to convince people you really need five products. That's it. And if you pick a good five set of products for you, your skin is going to be happy and healthy and beautiful for decades because you're not going through this inflammation that actually breaks down collagen, that actually makes things worse for you, even though you're thinking it's making things better. Yeah, it it really calls to mind, um, as you're talking, I'm like seeing visuals of, of my, like the women in my family, the older women in my family who did so little with their skin that had this gorgeous, resilient, 
skin with shine, like not oily, but like good, like this good elasticity. And I'm thinking all they did, if anything, was like Pond's cold cream. Yeah, Pond's cold cream. And right? Right? Like this is yes. what people did. And um, the baby oil and the sun wasn't so good for them. But really, it wasn't until Coco Chanel that people wanted to get tan. 90% mm -hmm. of aging comes from the sun. So if you can accept the fact that the sun is actually not mm -hmm. your friend, if you want to stay vibrant with your skin and don't put too many products on it, you really don't need all that other stuff. I always joke with people, buy the cabana. Like when you're on vacation, <laughs> rent the cabana because it's so much cheaper to have the cabana than it is to pay to fix the damage that you're going to do. And that's it's, really where we are. <laughs> it's true. And you know, I have really been going through a minimalist phase with my skincare, but when I come up against, especially being in Florida, and I'm a person who has always been really diligent about sun care and SPF. And there's two questions here. So I'm going to start with this first one. The challenge I have when minimizing routine, my routine is that I'm using these mineral SPFs because I'm a mineral only kind of gal. And by necessity, and I want to talk about that too. Um, by necessity, I like need a little bit of a better cleanse at night. And so it's like, if I want to protect myself, this, I, I don't really even want to do anything. I wake up and my skin looks really great in the morning. I'm, I'm slugging now. It looks great. It's like bouncy. But then I have to like ruin it by putting SPF on and having to wash it off at night. And I noticed that like, it's that one step that is needed. The SPF is really needed, but it's also making it really difficult for me to like not mess too much with my skin. So can you speak to that? Like we need SPF, but it kind of, by virtue of being there adds a step or two in. Yes. So you, you need SPF and because you need SPF, you need to wash your face, right? So like you've already identified it. This is, and really what I try to get my patients to do is first get into the habit of washing their face before they go to bed. Because if they can't do that, I don't want them to add in the other steps, including sunscreen, because then you just get in the cycle of accumulation of stuff on your skin. So it's about finding that face wash that you like to do and training yourself that every night you're going to brush your teeth and you're going to wash your face. You know, I do, again, you know, we can go into the history of this, but fundamentally face washes used to be very, very basic. Basic meaning they had a high pH, meaning they raise the pH of your skin, which is a bad thing because it changes the acid mantle and makes it so your skin isn't in that happy world with the right bacteria and yeast. So when we first started washing our face with this very um, basic soap, we then had to add in a toner because the toner was acidic and was going to lower the pH again. That wasn't great. And so then we started making more and more cleansers that were closer and closer to being pH balanced and more and more gentle to the point they actually didn't do anything. So then we introduced double cleansing. Double cleansing for many of us is actually irritating. All of that rubbing is going to actually inflame your skin. So I try to get people to find a cleanser that works for them, that will take off their makeup and their sunscreen in a single cleanse. That's actually why I made my face wash. And it's a gel cleanser. And people are like, oh, that's got to be drying. I'm like, no, it's glycerin. It's not drying, but it will get off your makeup and your sunscreen in a single cleanse so that you can move on to then your treatment step and then a good moisturizer and go to bed. But that is, you got to find the face wash that's going to do a good job without stripping your skin if you're going to go down this road of sunscreen and vitamin C serums, which I think is very important. Um, so it's it's about digging in and finding that that face cream, or sorry, that face wash that works. And some people like oils, but oils will lighten what's on your skin, but actually won't take it off. You need something that's going to actually pull the dirt away.
Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so so let's dive deep into how your cleanser in particular works then, because this this has been a challenge for me. And I worked in TV for years, so I was always, even if I wasn't wearing SPF, was dealing with multiple layers of makeup. So I did go the double cleanse route for a while when I had that type of makeup on my face yeah. every day. But even today, like you know, I st- I still kind of reach for it. Um, I did get into this routine where I was doing like a sea buckthorn oil cleanse, which was really gentle, and combining it with like some physical kind of, you know, like cleansing pads, like, you know, cotton pads, like removing Mm -hmm. it. So I made sure that the makeup was off, um, which worked for me, but like, uh, how does a good cleanser work and how do we know that it's getting everything off of our face? So I think that we are obsessed with like the deep clean and don't be Hmm. at this situation. Like it's not about stripping your face and the deep clean is going to pull off the oils that are good for your skin, that it's going to affect your skin's pH. So you want it to be a good cleanse, not a deep cleanse, not a perfect cleanse. Okay. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that what soap or cleanser has to have in it is it has to have surfactants. And I think we have this very sort of love-hate relationship with surfactants that we think of surfactants as these very drying chemicals, but there are a number of, a number of plant-based surfactants that actually come from coconut that are not anywhere near as aggressive as the sort of the first generation ones that can bind to the dirt and the makeup and the sunscreen on your skin and pull it off without stripping your skin. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what you're going for. And really what I did with my face wash is I was so frustrated by Cetaphil. We're all taught mm-hmm. as doctors, oh, uh, Cetaphil, right? Yes. Cetaphil does nothing. It is eight ingredients. It feels like spit. It has three of the ingredients <laughs> for parabens and it doesn't take off your makeup. So I was like, if this is what we as physicians are being told to recommend to our clients, like there has to be something better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, uh, sort of just was like this can't be that hard right <laughs> so right. you know but it has to for, for me I think face washes need to be fragrance free mm-hmm. I think that they need to have no sort of physical irritations in them I actually don't even like washes to have acids in them I want the acids to be optional exactly what you've talked about is like mm-hmm. there's some days where your skin can tolerate exfoliation there's some days where it can't I don't want people to have to pick and choose between their face washes you pick a gentle face wash that does its job and then the next step is your treatment step and some nights if you're skin's inflamed, you just moisturize. Other Mm -hmm. nights you're like, Hey, I'm going to use some glycolic acid or some bacuchiol. But as we age, the amount of treatment that we, our skin can tolerate is going to continue to decrease because it's going to penetrate better. So a little bit's going to go further. So even though you're of the age where you want to do more, right? Like I want to be able to do more, but I can't tolerate tretinoin at all anymore. So I'm all about bacuchiol and, you know, alpha hydroxy acid, and it's working beautifully for me. So you just got to keep adjusting your treatment as you age to what your skin can tolerate. Okay. Well, this is all making sense. I really, you know, and I beat the drum on retinols for a while and I really liked them and I, I, I was more diligent with them, but that's another thing that I've really, I, I, if anything, I will cycle in once a week. That's what I do. And that's great. And that's all I can, you know, that's like all my skin seems to want. Exactly. Like if you're waking up with beautiful skin, which it looks like you are, you're not, you, we're running a marathon here. Like you just can't ask your skin to sprint every single night. It's not going to help it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just about, and I used to be able to use prescription strength, like 0.2 or 0.025 tretinoin. And I use it every other night. And now I'm really using bacuchiol and glycolic acid. I love glycolic acid. It has all of the data to support. It's going to help with collagen. It builds hyaluronic acid. It makes your pores smaller. It helps with brown, but it doesn't irritate and like activate the way tretinoin does. And so that's great. Let's use it. 
Yeah, I, I want to ask you quickly a, a specific cleanser question before we move on. Yep. Your uh, cleanser or any other one that sort of fits that gentle bill, should we be applying it on dry skin or wet skin? Because sometimes like the more gentle ones, well, I find that when I wet my skin, it like doesn't grip onto things better, but I could be doing things the wrong way. So tell me. So with mine, you want wet skin. Mine lathers. Okay. Like okay. Wet oh, skin. okay. Okay. Right. So, and I think people presume lather means it's going to strip mm. and like even my body wash, which is oil based, it lathers. So mm. you need that lather to clean. And so this is the problem with the oils is like when you use an oil cleanser, there are a few oil cleansers that lather, but most of them sort of bind the like. So bind the oils in your skin, bind the makeup, but it doesn't really get it off. And that's why you have to do the double cleanse to actually pull all that oil off. Are just inherently your double cleanse is bad. Answer that really quickly too. Like if people are like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this double cleanse. Like, have I been doing it wrong? Have I been I, stripping my skin? So I would say that double cleanse is not fundamentally bad. Um, but for many people, it is irritating, particularly all that rubbing around your eyes. And um, I, I believe very strongly that less is more. And as we age and our skin becomes more sensitive, that only rings truer. So yes, if you're using a muslin cloth and like a little bit of micelle water and you're using it to take off your makeup and then you're washing your whole face, it's fine. And, and, and you know this because you're very deep into this world, but like there's more than one right way to do this. And we each have to find our way. Um, so I don't want to tell anyone, oh, that's bad. Stop. It's more just, let's try to make our lives easier. Like, right. Let's make this easy okay. so you'll do it every night. Right. Like, let's not yeah. have it be a 10 step regimen. It's so, and I want to dive into this more over the course of this interview, but it's really tempting though, Dr. Rogers, just to want to buy every product. Like I'm guilty of that. Totally. I sample yep. things through work and I really do genuinely find things that I like from every line that I try and things, but man, with, with social media and seeing these reviews play out in videos and in real time, it really, it, it, it um, ignites like this consumer fever, right? We're like, ah, I need that. It's like the yep. next greatest totally. thing. Um, I, what do you say to people who are like, caught up in that because I feel like that's me. <laughs> oh, and honestly, it's everyone. It's me. And I know better. Like I know better. I have a 12 year old daughter and she is like the perfect example. Like it just, I see it where she's like, Oh, I love the packaging of this or, Oh, mm -hmm. I want to try that. Oh, this smells good. And I'm like, wow, the packaging doesn't matter. The smell is actually usually bad, but yeah. that's what gets things off the shelves. And I, um, I like you get a huge number of products sent to me to try and to evaluate. And I want to know what's out there and I want to try them, but that also I can jack my skin so quickly. I am a mm -hmm. canary in a coal mine. So it's really about, for me and probably for you, it's about being knowledgeable about what's out there. And there is 5% of the products out there are magical and wonderful and they speak to individuals and the individuals should use them. 95% of the products out there are not serving a niche. They, wow. they are about making money. And I would say this is, you know, it's, it's, it's I'm, I'm, I'm a little too idealistic, but everything, everything you see on Instagram, be it from a dermatologist or an influencer is pay to play. They get the product, they get paid to talk about it. And so it's so all those lists in every single magazine where it's like 10 best face creams, all of those are about generating income 
for the magazine because now there aren't print magazines anymore, right? So this mm-hmm. is just a way to make money and it harbors on our, our FOMO and our desire mm-hmm. to have the new hot thing. But just proceed slowly mm-hmm. and, you know, try one thing, change, change your skincare regimen one thing at a time, see if that agrees with you. And it might, and it might not, but so much of it does nothing that it is the risk of doing more harm than good is very, very real. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it really resonates. And like you said, I could handle that in my twenties. I could try it something yeah, new every totally. day. It was like, fine. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, my poor old skin. I can't do it anymore. It's like, no, give me a break. And I do think, you know, there is, there are these, um, there are these discoveries that actually do push things forward, right? Skin SkinCeuticals bringing vitamin C to the forefront 20 years ago, that really was a, something that made our skin better. I think right now we've made some progress with making zinc-based sunscreen less white and ghosting. That's progress. Bacuccio, that's progress. But like most of the snail oil is really just snail oil. It's just a new fancy ingredient that actually doesn't work as well as vitamin C. Well, let's run through some of the other standout skincare product or ingredients that are actually worth it. You said only about 5% really capture a need in the market or are effective in some way. So you said vitamin C, you said Bacuchiol, which has been for me, I know like a great alternative to retinol too. What are some other ingredients or products that are actually innovative and new and really hitting the nail on the head? So I would, so, so very few, I will, I will do my best to answer that, but it is also sort of different formulations. Like we are now moving, um, away from the petroleum-based, paraben-based products, right? And moving into more natural. So they may both work well at moisturizing your skin, but one may have fewer complications to your body in the world, right? I consider that progress. Um, In regards to the ingredients I look for and that I use, every morning I want a vitamin C product as an antioxidant. There are a number of other antioxidants out there that work, acetylzingarone, mica, resource and all, like there's a number of them, but vitamin C is sort of the gold standard. So you want there to be vitamin C in it. And then there can be, you know, some coenzyme humor or whatever else, but vitamin C is sort of the pillar. Then you want a face moisturizer and that face moisturizer, there's lots of good ones out there. You've got to figure out what works for you, but there's really good data that squalene is good for your skin. Mm-hmm. Niacinamide is good for most people's skin. Um, Centella asiatica, there's some great data showing that that helps with the speeding of healing. Adenosine, there's good data to show that that helps with fine lines. So those are ingredients that can be found in multiple different face creams. Um, Sunscreen, I like you, I want it to be zinc based. Um, I want it to be at least 15% zinc. Um, And there is a whole big, there's a, in my mind, there's a big thing going on with um, mineral sunscreen, because in an attempt to make it more cosmetically elegant, they're actually putting ingredients in it that are chemical sunscreens. I see the butyl salicylate or whatever. Yeah, you got it. Look at you, girl. (laughs) To me, this is huge drama. um, Because because, um, butyl octyl salicylate, it's hard to say, is- That's uh, what it is. It is a chemical sunscreen in other countries. It is not labeled as such in the United States, but it's getting put into sunscreens that are mineral sunscreens because it helps with making them more cosmetically elegant and bumps up their SPF. But it is, it is, it is absorbed by our bodies. It affects the coral reefs. It's exactly like oxygenate and homosalicylate, right? It's, it's just like that, but because it isn't labeled in the United States, it's a workaround. So if you look at some of the most popular mineral sunscreen right now that are really cosmetically elegant, 
they have that in there. And that kills me. That kills me. It, so oh, wait, can you so like sad. It's name like, me which ones I need to stay away from now? Because I really, I, I, I was, it's, I'm it's disappointed. Hard, right. Yeah. But there's so many, there's so many out there that have it. Like, um, the new Versed face sunscreen. It's mm-hmm. great. It's cosmetically elegant. It has it in there. The Ilia super serum, which is a great product has it in there. Um, the really most of the ones, most of the new ones that people are talking about right now, uh, there's like so many that I can't even think of all have it in there. It's like, Oh, this feels so light and lovely. And it's and like the third ingredient is it. Um, and it is buccal octal salicylate is, is the ingredient you have to look for. And it's usually okay. up in like the first six or seven ingredients. There's a lot of it in there. So okay. they have their 10% zinc, and then they slip this into the non-actives. And again, big picture, any sunscreen, in my mind, any sunscreen is better than no sunscreen. And right. for some people, they only can use mineral chemical sunscreen. Like they break out, they haven't found the right thing. And I don't want to make those people feel bad that they're making poor choices. What it comes down to is that we know that when you're putting chemical sunscreen on your body, we're absorbing it at 10 to hundred times more than we thought we were. And no one has studied what that means. Yeah. It I doesn't mean, mean it's bad. It just means we don't know. And so I would rather use zinc because I do know, I know that massive amounts of zinc is fine. So that's what I coat myself in. And that's what I coat yeah. my family in. It's such, um, in, in the beauty world, you know, I'm a, a big consumer of beauty news too. I'm, I'm not on the expert side like you, but I hear a lot of snark about, oh God, clean beauty and this and that, and don't be scared of a chemical. And that's fine. The people don't want to deal with that, but it kind of makes me a little bit like, eh, sometimes because it's, it's now the argument is so against this clean. And I'm using that sort of as like an interchangeable word for like, in this case, like a zinc based sunblock yeah. rather than natural they're clean. snarky yep. yeah and they're being snarky about it and that's fine like people can be snarky but it's like there are plenty of studies that show exactly what you said they're not ruling whether it's bad or good but they're showing that these chemical sensories are absorbing into the bloodstream like so that alone is a fact right so we can decide yep. take that information to decide okay that doesn't really bother me i'm going to continue to use my really cosmetically elegant chemical sensories that's wonderful it's cool. it's not what i personally want to do but like i'm i'm kind of getting like it's like it's getting heated in the, in the beauty world about this and there's a lot of people with like a lot of blowback toward that term clean and i'm curious about your thoughts on that so um, clean, as you know, means nothing. Natural right. means nothing. So then they switch it to clean. Mm-hmm. What I can tell you is one of the reasons why I made a skincare company was because I was seeing so many allergic reactions to clean products. So clean sort of took off 15 years ago. And plant, cl- let's say clean means plant-based. Mm-hmm. Plant-based ingredients does not mean it's good for our skin. And very often it means it's not good for our skin. So as the clean beauty took off, the rate of allergic reactions to personal care products went up 300%. What? Yep. So and were they, were they the, tying that to a lot of, like you said, clean labels? Like yep. were people reporting that so they were exactly mostly? So that's exactly what it was. And so they actually looked wow. at 1,200 clean wow. products mm-hmm. and 99% of them had at least one common allergen in them, right? Mm-hmm. So like, we're, we're like, oh, parabens are bad and petroleum is bad. So I'm going to make this out of rose oil. Well, rose oil is a common allergy, you know, lavender. So we are, we have sidestepped from, from one problem to another problem. We're yeah. now not maybe accumulating in our waterways, but we're irritating the crap out of our skin. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's why I made a skincare line was it it was more just like I wanted something that first and foremost was going to be effective but then secondly 
like be safe for our skin and mm -hmm. be safe for the world. And that's mm -hmm. something that I, not a lot of people are thinking about. It's got to work, but it can't accumulate in me. It can't irritate my skin. And so that actually really limits the number of ingredients that you can have. And I think there's a number of beautiful plant-based um, mm -hmm. beauty lines and they love the fragrance and everything smells beautifully. That doesn't work for me. And it definitely doesn't work for my patients after a procedure. Like I want my patients after procedure to have the cleanest possible stuff. And that to me can include fragrance. It also, right. I don't want it to include petroleum. I also don't want it to include parabens. So it just, it makes it very, very hard to fill that bill. But right. in general, I like the fact that we are moving towards other options for people. I like right. the fact that we are pushing towards more sustainable packaging, that we're pushing towards more sustainable ingredients. Mm -hmm. But um, <sighs> people want things that smell good. People want things that are glittery. And I joke that I'm... I spend a lot of time telling, not, not giving people what they want, but giving people what they need. Right. Mm -hmm. I also do that with, with my cosmetics. I'm like, no, you don't, you don't get to have that much filler because it's not going to look good. Right. Like it's about like, thank God. No. People, yeah. Helping people to, to what really is going to be the better long-term end for them. Um, and you can't, you can't convince everyone and it's not my job to convince everyone, but there needs to be more options for people where, um, where they don't have to give up one thing to get another thing. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, what are some really good mineral SPFs that you rely on? I will add a huge, like a little asterisk here that sometimes that I, I like to be very transparent. I feel like my relationship with listeners is sort of built on me being fully honest. And totally. there is only one chemical line that I have used on my family. And I do, I do it because it's a little more convenient sometimes than rubbing zinc in. Supergoop is one that I have used. Um, but I want some options for people, but we also wear the UPF long sleeve swimsuits yep. and stuff like that. So give me some options that are easily, um, applicable for kids who don't want to stand there for 20 minutes while I rub in a zinc on them. And that are actually not going to make us look, it's probably impossible, but some ones that are only no, going to make us look are, a little bit white. More, yeah. There are more and more good ones. So, um, I think that you have to have a sunscreen wardrobe. I think you need to have lots of different options. Like my son likes spray. My husband likes the stick. My daughter likes the cream like me. So we like, we have lots of different options and I really do divide them into, is this a cosmetically elegant every day? Or is this, we're going to the beach and we're going to just need something that's going to be water resistant and really protect us. I love Supergoop. I love Holly. I think that she's done an amazing job and they have a number of very cosmetically elegant sunscreens that are both chemical and that are physical. So their play, and it also comes in a spray, like that one is zinc-based, works great. Tizo, T-I-Z-O for titanium mm -hmm. zinc, that also has a body one that's very easy to rub in. I actually love the Vanny Cream face, zinc-based sunscreen for my body. It like is moisturizing, it rubs in super well. It's like but one of the only cream ones my son will use. Um, and it's great for like, I use a tinted one on my face, but for my neck and chest, I love it right. because it doesn't get on my makeup or it doesn't get on my clothes like brown. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. I hate that so bad. So I it's the regular, it's regular, the regular face, but it's like okay. $17 and it, Ooh, and it okay. just blends in super nicely. Okay. Um, I think Think Baby does a really good job. Think Smart, Think Baby. I think they have very cosmetically elegant zinc-based sunscreen. My daughter's favorite is the Kingship one, um, oh, yeah, Kingship. Kingship. And it's a little bit like shiny. And I think mm -hmm. that's fun for her. 
Um, for my face on a daily basis, I actually really like Dermaquest. Um, I do also use the Supergoop mineral screen, zinc screen. Um, Necessaire, their new sunscreen is fantastic. Really? Like, I wanted to try it. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's light okay. and fluffy, rubs in really, really well. Um, so there is, like, we're making some progress on some on some good options for people. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. I, I always, I'm like always looking for a reason to try something new. And like I said, living in and Florida, it's not even like- should spend money. Yeah, well, yeah, right? I like to right? try them, right? right? Yeah. yeah. They're usually like, you can use your HSA to buy them too, which is yeah. We love a budget. Yep. And, then, and then the powder sunscreens. I don't believe in powder mm. sunscreen as my base layer, but again, powder sunscreen is really easy to reapply. Brush on block, um, you know, color science. Mm -hmm. um, Super Group has one. There's a lot of powders and just for your hair, for your part and like for your neck, your backs, your hands, your golfing, you don't want to be greasy. Just Again, sometimes perfect is the enemy of good. Just get something yeah. on, right? Yeah. Just get something on. Oh, I do. I oh, go ahead. Before. Yeah, yeah, uh, go ahead. So have you ever heard of SunGuard, Ritz SunGuard? So it's, um, no. it, you wash it into your clothes. So then you're like regular t-shirts have a UPF of 25 to 30. So at the beginning of the summer or before a tropical vacation, I just take everyone's t-shirts and I just wash it all in the sun guard. And then I have even added protection. Oh, how does that work? Is that like a chemical thing too? Yeah, it's a UPF. So it, it, so it is a chemical, but it's not on you. It's on your clothes. And it, it makes sort of your, because a white t-shirt is a SPF of eight that goes down to an S or UPF of four once it gets wet. So I just, instead of making everyone wear a cooler bar, I'm like, here, I'm just going to uh -huh. wash everything. And then we'll just be one step closer to sun protection. Oh, I love that. Okay. I was going to say, I do always leave, um, I either have like a sunblock stick that I rub on the back of my hands, like a total weirdo, or I like super goops. Cause it's just such a little amount there. They have like yep. a hand screen and uh, we were at the beach this past week. In fact, I forgot my regular sunscreen for the kids. And I ended up using the hand screen from super goop, like on them. It was fine. Yeah. It I got you that Right. It rubs in everywhere. It doesn't need to, this is the thing. It's like, you don't need an eye cream, a face cream and a neck cream and a right. hand cream. You can use the same cream everywhere, but there is this need to create new products for beauty companies. And I understand that. Um, and so they make all of those things, but I use the same products. If I, I have my very important parts, right? My very important parts are my face, neck, chest, and backs of hands. They all get the same. They get the vitamin C, they get the face cream, they get the good sunscreen. And then the rest of my body, you know, doesn't get as much sun exposure. So I don't mm -hmm. have to be quite so diligent with it. Okay. So in addition to finding this SPF, and I love how you described it of considering it like a wardrobe. So we're going to experiment. We're going to find the formulas that work for us. What else do we need to be doing for our skin specifically in the summertime? Because this is a lot of time when a lot of us are swimming, we're out, you know, in the elements a little more. So what other things do we specifically need to be doing? So I, um, I take a pill. I take the polypodium leucotomus. Do you do that? I know HelioCare, but I don't know what, what yeah. you... Yeah, so HelioCare, Instant okay. has one as well. There's good yeah. data showing the polypodium leucotomus actually protects your skin from the sun in a way different than sunscreen. It's a powerful antioxidant. So really from Memorial Day to Labor Day, I take my HelioCare or my ISDIN um, to mm -hmm. just add another level of protection. 
if you're going to be on a tropical vacation, I don't think it makes any sense to be exfoliating. That top yeah. layer of dead skin does provide a small amount of sun protection. Mm. And if you're going to be in a tropical place, it's going to be sunny. You're going to be in now the pool. You're going to be wearing your goggles or whatever it is. All of that friction just irritates your skin further. So I, whenever people are doing something tropical or going to be intense sun, I'm like, don't even travel with your evening treatment. Just leave it at home. Bring a good moisturizer. And like at night, yeah. just allow your skin to sort of recoup. Wash mm -hmm. it big, heavy moisturizer, go to bed. And I think people are surprised by that because sometimes they're in really tropical places where it's warm and humid, but your skin still needs to have time to really absorb that sort of protection and fatty acids into its skin for the next day of excitement. Okay. So we want to lay off anything acid-based if we're going on a tropical vacation, probably okay. retinol. And then too double down on your vitamin C in the morning, right? Because that's going to oh, yes. be protecting you. This is a pain point for me, Dr. Rogers. I cannot find a vitamin C that doesn't make my skin very angry. It's very rare for me to find one. I mean, from all the super expensive ones in the glass bottle, I know we know what, you know, those products to like the drugstore, like what version of vitamin C can we look for if our skin is reactive to that ingredient? So without sharing too much, I've made one for you and I will send it to you. It's coming and it's magical. It's amazing. Oh, oh I'm so excited. So and we did some pretty impressive um, clinical studies. So it's, it's, but like, this is what people don't understand is that as we age, we can tolerate less, but we actually need to be doing more. And so we're making these like 20% vitamin C on you and I would just destroy us. Yeah. It would just destroy us for days, right? So people are like, oh, I need the strongest. And you're like, no, don't. Um, but big picture you don't want to use L-exorbic acid. That is a water-based vitamin C that was sort of the original studies were done with, and it can be really irritating. Oh. There is an oil form, um, THD, tetrahecadecal, and that is an oil-based form. It penetrates the skin, but it doesn't have sort of as many of the risks of complications because it's not as acidic. So that's the form you want to look for. Actually, again, Vanny Cream just launched one that's 5% THD. So it's mm -hmm. not very strong, um, but it is really, really gentle. For, so for individuals who just can't tolerate anything, that's a very safe place to start. Mm -hmm. um, another one that a lot of, I sort of call it my princess one, is the Skin Better Alto. Have you used that? Um, I love skin better. I use their trio moisturizer for a while, but I haven't used anything else, but that product. So their, um, morning antioxidants called Alto, um, okay. that also is THD and is, is good for people who are of super sensitive skin. Um, I, I try to have them stick away from the L-absorbic acid. Yeah, I did. I, I'm not going to say what it was cause it's not a knock on the product, but I had, it was, it was a higher concentration and I had one day where my skin was great. And I was like, naturally like, well, let's load this up, baby. The next day I did it. And my skin was like, it was like burning. It was so yep. painful. So I really learned that lesson the hard way. Again, that's like, I guess what happens when I get my education from like social media or, but you know, you're, you're, you're hearing, oh, this product is amazing. I use it four nights a week or four days a week. And I'm thinking, okay. I should. And they're like, oh, I'm missing out. Like they're going to yes. of me. Like I got to do this, right? Yes. Completely. Yes. But, but the second your skin is irritated at all, anyone's not just you, like anyone, when you wake up, your skin is irritated. People have this desire to do more. Oh, mm -hmm. I got to give it more vitamin C. I, I got to exfoliate. I got to, And like, all that does is move you further and further backwards. When you wake up and your skin is irritated, it's like waking up and being sick, go back to bed. Like mm -hmm. just go back to washing your face, moisturizing your face, slugging. Like that's really all you should do until that skin barrier has had time to heal itself. Mm -hmm. And then, but if you give it 
vitamin C, when the barrier is not intact, you're just going to make it more angry. So you really have to be like this concept that you need to do something. No, your skin can fix itself if you just let it and don't make its life more complicated. I said this before and I will say it again. The best my skin has ever looked in the history of my existence were the five days or six days that I couldn't shower after I had a C-section. 10 years ago, 10 and a half years ago when I had my first, when I had my son and you know, I, I was like, just like doing the little like pit wash in the sink. They're like, just yeah. don't chat. My skin, Dr. Rogers was like, Mwah. it was Love like it. glowing and golden. I was like, cause I didn't touch it. I just let it be. And I, I, it goes back to this whole conundrum I have. I really want to do less. SPF is kind of throwing that off cause it's making me necessitate that like cleansing at night. But I really like, I have seen the benefits of like, what happens when you let skin be skin and just do what it does and regenerate. So I'm always like trying to hit that sweet spot. Yeah, again, you but I don't want to have a major surgery to get there. Yeah. <laughs> right. You need to Greenland. You can't be in Florida because like in Washington in December, I, it's hard for me to convince people that they have to wear sunscreen. Right. I'm like, you're right. There's only six hours of sun and or of daylight and there's really right. no sun. Like you could do a little experiment here where like four months you just didn't do sunscreen, you didn't wash your face and you could see what happens. But in Florida, you got to, you got to wear your sunscreen and I'm sorry. So yeah, that's I just know. where you are. Such so just reality. I'm going to be looking like Magda from, there's something about Mary if I don't yeah. stick to my SPF routine. Okay. I, I feel like we covered this a little bit, but I just want to get specific on it in case it like kind of passed by quickly. What products or ingredients really disrupt the barrier? Bearing in mind that everybody has different skin types. Is there something in particular that we should not overdo if we want to keep that beautiful barrier intact? Okay. Yes. Um, the first thing that came to mind is salicylic acid. Mm. Salicylic acid is magical in low percentages. It's actually hydrating in low percentages, but we're talking 0.1, 0.2, maybe up to 0.5%. Um, once you get to like one to 2%, it is incredibly dry. It accumulates in your pores and does a nice job of getting the oils out of your pores, which is fantastic if you're an 18 year old boy. But <laughs> for the vast majority of us, it can wreak havoc on you and you can dry out your skin like overnight. So be very, very like ginger with your salicylic acid. Like the once a week choice, or what? Yeah, yeah Pulse Choice, I mean, tell me, cause that's what I use. Like, so and I got these- like 2%. Yeah. That, that is a really fantastic product for people who have very oily skin. But if you don't have very oily skin, that is something that your skin is not going to tolerate more than once or twice a week at most. And I really try to have them turn go over to her also amazing um, glycolic acid toner, right? That one's great. But just if you don't have really oily skin, salicylic acid is just going to dry you out and make you a flaky mess really faster than anything else. Okay, so I need also, to be doing that like once or twice a week max. Yep. Oh, and like only okay. in your problem areas. Like right. do it on your chin and do it on your nose. But right. like don't get it near your cheeks or else your cheeks are going to look like a desert. My so like cheeks are like my horrible spot though. I've got these giant genetic pores like all over here. It's just like a, it's a hereditary thing. So those are my spots. I mean, and the nose. Well, if your <laughs> cheeks have giant pores, which I think is very hard to believe, then great. Do something that promotes turnover. Do glycolic acid, do bacuchiol. But just for many of us, this area dries out so much faster mm -hmm. than this area. It's like the whole T-zone thing. And, mm -hmm. and I just see people do a lot of harm to to their skin with okay. uh, with salicylic acid. Same thing with the salicylic washes, right? Like yeah. even though it's not on your face for very long, so often they are really powerful and just strip the skin. 
Yeah. Okay. So salicylic acid. Okay. Salicylic acid. Physical exfoliators. Sorry. People love them. They love to feel like they're scrubbing, but we as humans overdo things and um, physical exfoliators have no um, stop. There isn't like a safety valve on them. Mm -hmm, So if mm -hmm. you push hard, if you scrub hard, you're just creating micro tears that then lead to the evaporation of water, lead to the penetration of more chemicals and is going to irritate your skin. When you use things, even salicylic acid, glycolic acid, they only gobble so far and then they stop. They don't Mm -hmm. continue to go down. Mm -hmm. And we just don't have that off switch with the, with the physical exfoliators. So like, you know, Faring Face has a has a has a face scrubber, right? Mm-hmm. Don't use that. Clarisonic has gone bye bye, thank God. But like all of these things, the microbeads, the like St. Ives, the the and the Jehovah beads are bad for lots of different reasons. They accumulate in the world and they're bad for your skin. But like you don't need to scrub. You do need to exfoliate. 